Hey guys, Dr. Childs here. Today we're going to be talking about Hashimoto's thyroiditis, which is a thyroid condition, which causes hypothyroidism, and how to treat it naturally without the use of any medication. So we're going to be talking about just natural remedies for Hashimoto's thyroiditis, things that you can do at home to impact, to improve your thyroid, reduce inflammation, reduce autoimmunity, and more. So if you don't know me, I'm Dr. Childs. I'm an internist. I specialize in treating thyroid problems, helping people balance hormones, and then also helping people with weight loss. So let's get into today's topic. And that is Hashimoto's. Okay, so I have some stuff here. You'll be able to, I'll move the whiteboard up at the bottom just so you can see everything. By the way, if you haven't already, make sure that you guys subscribe and hit the notification bell if you like this sort of information. I have a ton of information about the thyroid, hormones, weight loss, etc. I think you guys are going to like it. So let's get into it. So remember, I said today we're talking about Hashimoto's and we're talking about natural remedies. Okay, so these are all things that you can take that are available over the counter that you can do on your own, okay? And why do you care? Well, it matters because most of the time doctors do not treat Hashimoto's, or at least they don't care if you have Hashimoto's. And I, mo I know that might sound harsh, but it actually is true. Okay, what they care about is hypothyroidism. So they care about low thyroid function. Hashimoto's causes low thyroid function, but it doesn't have to, okay? Because it's an autoimmune disease first and foremost with a hypothyroid component. So it really is those two things together. However, what we're gonna be focusing on would be therapies that can help reduce the inflammation and the autoimmune aspect so that you can naturally improve thyroid function and hopefully never have to go on thyroid medication. So that's gonna be the goal here. So I have five things that we're gonna be talking about. The first one, of course, is always gonna be diet. Okay, so there's a number of ways that you can approach diet when it comes to Hashimoto's. I'm gonna talk about kind of three steps or sort of three, um, let's call them categorizations in terms of what types of diets you could use. So we're going to be talking about like an easy and a moderate and then more of like a, a more intense version of the diet. So you can kind of think about where you fit into it. And if you've done one, you know, think about doing the other one. And if you've done all three, well, then you're probably going to need, you know, a functional medicine practitioner to really help guide you. But at least you have these, uh, these things that you can do. And again, this isn't the only thing you can do with diets, by the way. I've we could talk all day about diet, but I want to kind of break this up and make it easy to understand. So the first thing that you should do if you haven't already is consider going gluten-free and dairy-free. Now, gluten and dairy are both um, very, can be very uh, immunogenic to the body. They can stimulate inflammation. Uh, in fact, gluten-free and celiac disease is another autoimmune disease. So if you have one autoimmune disease, you're more likely to have another. And so you, a lot of people that have Hashimoto's also have um, celiac disease, which means that they have the autoimmune disease to gluten. Now, dairy-free, and again, there have been studies which have shown Hashimoto's patients who eliminate dairy, they actually see an improvement in their TSH, which implies that there's something about the gluten and something about the dairy which is causing damage to the, um, the intestinal tract and stimulating the immune system in a negative way. That's step one. You should do that. That's first and foremost. So I would say if you haven't already, just do this. You have to do it seriously. You have to take it seriously and do it 100%. I see a lot of people who say, oh, I went gluten-free for a week and didn't notice any difference. You're not going to. Do it 100%. The dairy is going to be the hard part for a lot of you because I think gluten-free now is nowadays is actually fairly easy. Okay, so that's the first um, set of, or uh, first set of dietary guidelines that you should look at. The second one would be following what's called the elimination diet. So gluten-free and dairy-free are, you know, a form of the elimination diet, sort of, because you're eliminating those two food groups, gluten and dairy. The, the elimination diet takes it a step further and it removes other commonly immunogenic foods, which can be damaging your intestinal tract, leading to leaky gut, leading to a molecular mimicry and attacking your own body, attacking particles and bacteria that can get into your system. So the elimination diet's a little more strict version of gluten-free and dairy-free. And there are a lot of different ways to do it. I'm just going to introduce you to the idea and the topic of the elimination diet. We're not going to talk about how to do that in this video, although I will in a future video. 
And then the last one is something called the AIP diet. So let's say you've done gluten-free, dairy-free, uh, that didn't work so well, or you saw some improvement, but not that much. So you took it to the next step and you said, oh, I'm gonna do the elimination diet. And then you got a little bit better, but you're still not quite at the ways there. Um, the last thing that you can do or consider is something called the AIP diet or autoimmune paleo diet. And it's a more even strict version of the elimination diet. I don't love the AIP diet. In fact, I don't put a ton of people on it, although I do have some case studies showing people and showing you know, significant improvement uh, using the AIP diet. But I think long-term, it's kind of hard to stick to. Um, and it is more of a lifestyle. It's, it does have a good community and support around it, um, but I just don't love putting people on it long-term. However, if you're really you know, in a flare, if you have multiple autoimmune conditions and you have you know, no success losing weight or no success dropping your infl inflammatory markers, then the AIP diet, there is a place for it, okay? So that's number one, diet. Number two is something called pine bark extract, otherwise known as pycnogonol. Okay, I know that's a weird name, um, but what pycnogonol is, is it's a special ingredient which helps reduce inflammation. Okay, I'm not going to write, well, I guess I am going to write it all out. So it helps reduce inflammation by um, targeting something called NF uh, kappa beta. Okay. And so what this does is this triggers immune, uh, flaring in the body or the, the immune process and at least inflammation and it down regulates this, which reduces inflammation. Now there are many things that do this, but I have had great success using pycnogonol or pine bark extract, um, over some of these other things, you know, obviously you can use things, use things like fish oil. Um, and, and so on. we'll talk about vitamin D in just a second, but there's many other things that can reduce inflammation in your body. But I think pine bark extract is exceptionally helpful specifically for those with Hashimoto's. And this is just an over-the-counter supplement, by the way. I didn't, I didn't specify that. But it can be purchased over-the-counter. The, the next one on the list is vitamin D3. So specifically D3, hopefully you know that you do not want to be supplementing with D2. It's not the activated form. A lot of doctors will try and give you D2. You don't want that. You want D3. But why do you care about D3? Well, D3 is probably closer to a hormone as opposed to a vitamin. And this hormone slash vitamin, whatever you want to call it, is very critical in helping your body manage and balance immune function. Okay, to the point that a lot of people with low D3 have very high rates of autoimmune disease in general across the board. They also get things like fatigue and depression and so on. Um, and I think even an increased risk of certain cancers. So D3 plays a very important role in regulating the immune system. Remember, cancer does impact or it has to do with uh, immune dysregulation because your body doesn't know self from, uh, from non-self. So it does impact your immune system in multiple ways. Now, what's interesting is a ton of people, and I mean a, a metric ton, something like in the billions of people on earth are vitamin D3 deficient. Okay, so if you were to just check your vitamin D3, unless you are somebody who's spending hours outside with 40% of your skin covered or uncovered, you're going to be D3 deficient, and that may be playing a role in the inflammatory component of Hashimoto's. So the moral of the story is get your vitamin D3 levels checked. Um, get your vitamin D levels checked, and if it's low, consider supplementation. You also want to try and get it the natural way by getting sunlight. That's going to help you know, your natural circadian rhythm, and it's going to get you back um, sort of in a normal, uh, healthy process and routine. So you definitely want to look at D3, and if possible, get it up, and that will help uh, naturally stimulate your immune function. Okay, so number four, hopefully you guys can see this. This is a relatively newer one. And that is CBD, okay? So CBD, uh, in the beginning, I'd say there's actually some newer studies showing that it's actually potentially helpful in the use of autoimmune diseases, but I have had success using it both in myself and on some of my own uh, family members in the setting of Hashimoto's. So I have some family members with Hashimoto's, that's why I'm familiar with using some of these things. And I, of course I've used it on patients, but um, CBD has been especially helpful in this setting. Now I would say in terms of its effectiveness, CBD, in my opinion, is on par with some prescription medication in terms of its efficacy. 
which is to say that it's actually pretty potent, okay? Now, the good news about CBD is it's also available over the counter. So I have an entire video on, on the potential benefits and why it's good to use in the setting of Hashimoto's, including the fact that it's available over the counter. It can be used with all sorts of different medications and therapies. It can, can be, be combined with supplements. It can be combined with diet. So it just really adds a whole extra layer of, of therapies that you can use on top of everything that already existed. And there are not many things, by the way, that are in terms of supplements. Well, I mean, we're there are some natural things you can do, but there are not many supplements and medications that can treat Hashimoto's, at least the immune component of it, which is why doctors mostly ignore it. That, that's obviously a bad thing, but you should be aware that when there are, when there are very few things, so CBD being one of those is a good thing for you. Um, I'll have a, pro a link to the, the product, the CBD that I recommend. It's broad spectrum and organic, and um, it actually has been you know, third-party tested and verified to have the right ingredients. Um, it took me a while to find one, but I found one that I like. Say so, number five, you can't really see that too well, but I'll pull it up for you here. That is DHEA. Okay, so I'm going to put this back down and kind of explain it. But DHEA is an androgen in your body, but it also has um, other, other benefits and other uses. Okay, so your body... Uh, has this thing called uh, cholesterol uh, metabolism. So it create it uses cholesterol and it builds a ton of different hormones, um, some of which are progesterone and um, cholesterol, or uh, um, sorry, uh, cortisol and uh, pregnenolone and DHEA and testosterone and estradiol and so on. And they all are made from the precursor cholesterol, okay? And DHEA is pretty high up on there. But what researchers have found is that people with Hashimoto's and autoimmune disease in general tend to have low levels of testosterone slash androgens, okay? Now, DHEA fits into that category, even though it does a little bit extra. Just focus on the fact that it does have some androgenic properties. Now, what we know is that people with Hashimoto's have low testosterone and low androgens. Not all people, but this is one of the reasons why women tend to have autoimmune disease at about nine to 10 times more frequently than men do because men just sort of naturally have more testosterone, which is felt to be protective. Now, what you can do is you, and you should do this, is check your testosterone and your DHEA. And if you check your, those things and you find that they're low, well, potentially supplementing with DHEA, which you can take over the counter, can increase your androgens and testosterone levels potentially, not always because it has to be metabolized, but it can increase those and cause you know a natural uh, immune uh, boosting effect, so a natural immune enhancing effect. Now, this one I think is not well known, and I, I but I would say there is a lot of benefit. I tend to use testosterone, but I have used uh, DHEA as well. But remember, we're not talking about the prescriptions today. We're talking more mostly about those natural remedies, which are available over the counter, and testosterone is not on there. So I have a whole other list of things which can be used in terms of prescription medications to treat Hashimoto's. But again, today we're focusing just on those things which are natural, which you can which you can do on your own, over the counter, etc. So what I want you to do is leave a comment if you've done these before. If you haven't, tell me which one that you want to try because I don't think, like I said, there's not very many options available. So if you find one, you should definitely do it for Hashimoto's. And if you have used them, leave your experience below because it's really helpful for people who are you know, just starting on their journey and they want to know how people have responded and reacted. Also, if you haven't already, be sure to download my free uh, thyroid resources. I have several different PDFs that you can download for free. Includes a list of um, thyroid symptoms, optimal lab tests, foods to avoid if you have thyroid uh, conditions, and more. So you can get those downloaded at the link below for free. And that's all I have for you today. And otherwise, I'll see you guys in the next one.